How's it going, everybody? Uh, this is on the A2Jack YouTube channel, so welcome back to the A2Jack YouTube channel. This is actually the first episode of my new podcast called The Epicenter. So I know I've been promoting it on um, uh, YouTube. I know I've been promoting it on Facebook, Instagram, and a few other platforms over this last week. Um, this is actually going to have its own YouTube channel, which I will link in the description. Um, only reason it's not on that one right now is because that one is still in the process of getting verified. Um, but we will be having a lot more podcasts, and I'll explain a lot more about what that'll be about kind of um, uh, going forward. Uh, but basically what this podcast is going to entail is I'm going to be highlighting or profiling kind of somebody locally around the area who has a specific or certain skill, um, whether that be an artist, um, a musician, um, uh, an athlete, a podcaster, or some sort of streamer, even politician, if I get to that point, business person, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll be talking a lot about like their career and how they got involved with everything. So um, without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and introduce my guest today. Um, he is a local rap artist from around the area who lives in Auburn and who just released his third album titled Good Vibes Only last uh, Sunday. You can listen to that on Spotify. Everybody, please welcome DJJ Joseph Torres. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, yeah. Thank you so much for being on. You know, it's it's uh, I'm, it's great to have you as my first guest, and uh, I know you've uh, been having a few different people that you've been talking to about your new album that's been uh, coming up. But before I get into you know everything, how's how's the response kind of been so far with everything for your new album? Dude, the response is like way better than I could even imagine. Um, I was actually just watching one of my buddies do a live stream on Facebook and he was reacting to my album live. And so I nice. got to hear, I got to hear his raw real opinion on each song. So it was really cool to see that. And you know, he, he let me have his thoughts. He was giving honest ratings of each song, told me what he liked, what he didn't like. And I liked how honest he was. So it was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I know that you've been at this for a while. Last time we chatted, um, you've been uh, doing making music uh, ever since, I believe, 2013. I know you said I think it was your sophomore year of high school. Um, it may be even longer than that at this point. I think actually it might be 2011 because I think you graduated in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yep. Um, so and I know that this is your third album. So uh, one of the first questions I kind of wanted to ask you about is about your new album. You know, I'm sure that you were doing a lot of producing and coming up with the music of this, you know, during COVID. And I know that, um, you know, that was probably a bit of a challenge. Explain like what that kind of challenge was being able to produce that music, go in studio, get all that stuff kind of done for, for yourself uh, during this COVID time. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, when COVID happened, it was kind of like a, a what do I do now kind of moment. Um, because I'm just so used to like having a fluid motion going on with everything that I'm doing. And once COVID hit, it kind of put everything at a stop. I was releasing a song a month. And then when COVID happened, it kind of brought everything to a stop, which I mean, it really shouldn't have considering how I can produce all my own stuff. Mm -hmm. But when COVID happened, it put me out of a job for three months. And so I was trying to navigate through that. I had to file for unemployment and go through the whole process of all that. So I was just trying to like go through the motions of all that and figure all that out and map out wh where I needed to go. And, you know, I, after a while, I just, you know, realized, hey, music is my therapy. Music can help me through hard times such as COVID. So Good Vibes Only was actually produced at probably the very worst point of COVID when you know, infections were at their highest and, um, you know, everything was closed down. We had to social distance, wear masks everywhere we mm -hmm. went. 
and stuff like that had a curfew at one point. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, you know what, let me just sit down. Let me try to make something and see what comes out of it. Originally I was going to put out an EP, like a five, six song EP called happier music because my previous album was more like emotional and storytelling mm -hmm. through like talking about mental health and my own struggles with it. Um, and so I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do a complete 180 and go a different direction. And so I decided to do that. And then it wasn't until I made the song Good Vibes Only that I wanted to title the album Good Vibes Only. Because when I think of happier music, I think of more like poppy, like dance, upbeat music. And that's mm -hmm. not what was being made. Like, yes, the, the songs are upbeat, but they're more like calm, they're chill, they're catchy, they're relaxing. And so I decided to just switch the name to Good Vibes Only and it stuck. And then I just ended up making more and more songs and then just decided to put a full album out. Yeah, that's great. That, and that's great, man. I, and I've, I've listened to some of the stuff off it. And, um, and you know, I'm going to get into this later. But, you know, I, uh, a lot of, you know, people, when they talk about like rap music, they associate it with, you know, I, I think a lot of the time, a lot of people associate with, you know, more negative stuff, you know, they associate it with, you know, uh, crime, drugs, whatever the case may be. And you take a different approach to it, you know, talking about more positive uh, kind of stuff. And I really like that. That's something that I think is, um, well, it's not necessarily unique. It's something you don't necessarily see as much, at least in the mainstream. And I think that's something that is really cool. Um, you know, I wanted to actually ask you, uh, I know that, you know, you just told me how long you've been doing rap music for. What initially inspired or motivated you to get involved with um with music so i mean um my love for hip-hop really started when i so i i had heard hip-hop on the radio before right just like all of us have and mm -hmm. heard the same exact concept that you were describing like they were talking about crime drugs what have mm -hmm. you and i was like man this stuff is garbage i don't like listening to this like mm -hmm. sure that's that's what's selling but i don't like it Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then all of a sudden I heard Eminem's song Mockingbird on the radio or watched it on YouTube, one or the other. And it, the song he wrote about his daughter, Haley, and it was something that was emotional that told a story and was at all around positive in my eyes and had a good message. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is a different take on hip hop that I've heard before and I like it. So from there on, I fell in love with hip hop and then I decided, hey, I have my own story that I can tell and I can put out a positive message. And so that's kind of when I decided to go in that direction with my own music. So I guess I can somewhere down the line thank Eminem if I ever meet him at some point and say, hey, your song Mockingbird inspired me to do this with my music. So thank you. That kind of thing. So, well, that's really cool. Um, now, the, the the new album that you just released, um, uh, well, actually, no, hold on. What was I was going to – I wanted to actually go off what you were just kind of saying with that. Um, on the same wave, wavelength, rap gets associated with gangs, and it has uh, its racial undertones, but there's been a lot of rappers with positive messages like Eminem, Tupac, Common, Chance the Rapper, etc. Um, why do you think the rap genre is or may be viewed as the most vulgar and dirty, and do you think it's possible to eventually change that from being mainstream? I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean – yeah, that stuff is going to sell and there's like not really a way we can control that um, because it's going to, you know, it's it's going to entertain that type of audience. You know what I mean? And so, but it's, it's possible to put out other stuff that talks about the other things too. Like, I think a perfect example of this is Macklemore when he put out the song Same Love that talked about 
same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. When that hit the radio and it went viral, I was actually super happy about it because mm-hmm. it's not a song about XYZ going to the club, mm-hmm. doing drugs, committing crime, talking about how much money you have, that kind of thing. So it's it's possible to put out songs that don't pertain to that stuff, but it's songs that don't pertain to that stuff that are not going to get that much attention because the attention is on like the party tracks. Like we can't avoid that. Everybody wants a party track. And so it's, it's, it's hard to avoid it, but it's possible to change it. I think. Yeah. I I was thinking about that too, because there are some um, artists, you know, who will release a song now and then, like you mentioned, that will get a fair amount of uh, uh, press and may even end up winning awards. Um, But when it comes to what you hear on the radio, even though obviously a lot of that stuff ends up getting bleeped out and what you hear, you know, even a lot of dances and stuff like that in clubs um, is stuff that is going to be, you know, leaning more in, you know, that uh, foul genre. Um, Going back to when it comes to you producing and making music for a moment, um, do you make all of the beats to your songs and all of that kind of stuff, or do you have anyone that assists you with that? And if so, how long did it take you to kind of learn that process? So uh, this is kind of like a mixed answer. I do produce all my own stuff, but every now and then I will find a producer on SoundCloud or a producer on YouTube and really like what they've made and talk to them and try to connect and collaborate with them. So, I mean, yes and no, I do mix or produce all my own stuff, but I also do work with other producers as well. And I think it took me, um, it took me a good, a good bit of time to really nail the production side of things down. I want to say it took me at least five years to really like actually legitimately, legitimately feel like a good producer. Uh, when it came to creating the beats and with all the recording and the mixing and the mastering, it took me a long time to get it down, but now I feel like I have it down packed as you can hear by the album I just put out, you know, it, it shows in the music and that's what I really wanted to do. Um, I know you gave me a list of some of your favorite artists and one of them is uh, Eminem. When it comes to style, would you say that he's the closest to you or someone else in that realm? Like who would you say you kind of base your style around if anyone, um, when it comes to your music? I like this question. Um, I have gotten the Eminem comparisons before. Um, and I don't think it's because of like the style of what I'm rapping because Mm -hmm. the, his style and my style are totally different. Mm-hmm. That that man can bend words like no other, and it's insane. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just like content-wise is what's similar because like he's he's put out some amazing songs that tell a story. Like "Lose Yourself" is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a great song, talking about like following your dreams no matter what. You need to just lose yourself in the moment of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Um, but yeah, I I've put out like songs with that same kind of concept out. So I think concept wise, him and I are similar. Um, As far as like artists that I would compare myself to, I would just go with what others have told me. And a lot of people have compared me to NF. Um, Although, although him, he gets a lot more aggressive in his music. I'm not as aggressive, but I think as far as putting out deep emotional songs that tell a story and songs with a positive message, I think that's where him and I are similar. And yeah, that's 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 what I would say. 
Gotcha. Okay, well, that's really cool. Um, so before I get to any other questions, we're going to get into one of our first of two segments here on the show, um, which right. is half and half. So um, this is basically where I'm going – well, most of the podcast, as I mentioned, is going to be highlighting and profiling my guest. We are going to have certain segments where we will be covering some of the weirdest news stories of the week and some of the best and good news stories of the week for uh, some of like the you know most uplifting kind of stuff. And so let me go ahead and see if I can share my screen here where we can actually get this going. Cool. All right. There we go. And then two plus. Don't know if it's actually going to let me edit it. We shall see. Let's see. Trial and error, man. Trial and error. <laughs> Trial and error, yep. Two and a screen. Okay, well, it looks like it won't let me go uh, share it on here. I thought it might let me do two people and then have me share the screen. But if not, no problem here. Let's hit share, share screen, and see if this works. Window chromed. Okay, perfect. It looks like it actually is going to work. Awesome. Oh, cool. Oh, here perfect. we go. Oh, awesome. Great. Okay, so this is the first good news story of the week right here. So this is something I found in CNN. College student uses $600 of her unused meal plan money to feed and care for homeless community in St. Louis. Maya Nepos had only a few days left before graduating from college at Washington University when she realized she had $600 worth of unused meal plan money left. She didn't have in-person classes during the pandemic and therefore didn't utilize her meal plan as much. Um, she decided to start a challenge on TikTok for her almost 330,000 followers to see how quickly she could spend the $600 in two days from her campus store. She had amassed a large following as a self-described social justice and political advocacy, cre advocacy creator. She bought snacks from a campus market, but soon realized she wouldn't be able to eat all the food. She started giving it to people in need. She created care packages she personally delivered to homeless individuals, adding masks and hand sanitizer as to protect against COVID. She hand-delivered about 40 packages to people in need uh, the first two days of her journey. She documented her deliveries, and the video has gone viral with more than 7 million views. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, rough stuff that's come out of the pandemic. Um, but there's also been a lot of good to come out of it as well. And this is one of those stories right here because, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot more people out there that are, that are homeless who have lost their you know home or who have lost their job because of COVID. And I think it's stuff like this that is really uplifting and is really cool to know that there is still a lot of good out there in the world. Um, let me go ahead and show you guys the next story on here. That was really good. And I'm very glad uh, that I was able to actually find that one. Let me show I you guys the next one. I love that. That was amazing. Yeah, really, really cool stuff to, to see. And, um, and, and you know, like, like, like I mentioned, you know, there's, there's even small stories, you know, of people going and helping homeless people or even people going out there and helping, you know, people in need. It's, it's really, really cool to see, you know, whether that be around the holidays or outside of it. So here's another one a little bit away from the uh, helping side. This is something I found actually really unique that I found in today. Grandmother 65 overwhelmed to be named the high school valedictorian. Uh, not only did Taiwan, uh, Tawana Williams, 65, graduate high school this week, she was also the valedictorian of her class at Philadelphia's South Philadelphia High School. Williams was among the students who got their degrees through the city's educational options program that enables adults to earn their high school diploma. She was stunned when she learned of the honor. Um, I was so ecstatic and excited and couldn't believe that I did that. I made it that far. I was really excited. She says she would love to be an example of what anyone can accomplish. I hope to inspire people that are my age and, and older that's dropped out of school to go back. It's not that bad. 
And, you know, this is really like something I find really unique because, you know, I think there are a lot of people who, um, you know, well, well, a high majority of people are obviously, you know, going to graduate high school. Some of those some of the people who don't, you know, might feel that it's a bit of a burden or some sort of stigma on them if they don't aren't able to, you know, accomplish that. And, you know, it's really cool um, to know that, you know, somebody like this went back and now she can be motivation for others to do the same thing. And I think that's really cool, especially the fact that she was valedictorian. And it's really cool too. this picture right here of uh, her. And I believe this is the principal right here. Well, they're almost like the same age and stuff. You know, you could tell (laughs) how proud he is of her, which is really cool. So those are a couple of really cool, cool stories. So those are the good stories of the week. Now I'm going to get into the weird stories. Now, again, it's not bad. It's either going to be stupid human tricks or just weird stuff. So here's the first one. This one actually made me mad because as a person who obviously wants to get um, a house within the next few years, um, Stories like this ain't going to help it. I'll tell you that right now. So (laughs) this is something I found in Huffington Post. It's going to sound gross. Your unsaturated home dubbed little slice of hell listed for $590,000. What? Realtor described the Colorado home as having profanity scrawled on the walls and a fridge filled with rotting meat. You'd think a realtor trying to sell a home for 590K that she describes as a little slice of hell would be a devil of a time. The realtor Mimi Foster said a dilapidated five bedroom, four bathroom, it's two stories by the way, Colorado Springs home adorned in spray painted sayings like suck my ass and feces stuffed in drawers is a pretty hot commodity. She received 16 written cash offers in the first 24 hours of the house being on the market. 89 text messages since they've gotten the house this afternoon. And here's some photos of it right here it's just graffiti to crap um the housing market in colorado is red hot just like it is in many other states people aren't asking for anything she said in regards to closing costs or major fixes the only thing i can think of is that some people maybe want to buy it so that they can renovate it and then sell it for higher if the market's that high but it's crazy to think of how many offers she was able to get for a house that for a house that looked like this right here, and I think there's actually a couple more photos in here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another one right here. Good luck. F you. It's it's insane. And, and to think too that like it, it, how gross it is and everything. And it's just not a good sign if anybody out there right now is trying to get a house because market ain't that good, y'all. And I'm sorry that that's <laughs> bad news, but I'll tell you what, that is insane. That five hundred ninety thousand dollars for a house like that. But wow. I know part of me can't even say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. No, th- this world we live in is really strange right now. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, as I mentioned, COVID has not helped that out, unfortunately, all that mm-hmm. much. Um, you know, prices are, st- are, you know, still really high, especially now since a lot of people wanting to get back out and, you know, do stuff. And this is for anything, but especially for homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, that is actually going to do it. The only other one I had was something about um, the former manager of the Department of Defense say, stating that UFOs are real. That's an interesting <laughs> question to have. I, I, you know, do we believe in UFOs or not? I certainly think it's a possibility. I certainly think it could be government aircraft, but I, 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 I do find that interesting. I've seen a lot of stuff regarding UFOs as of late. There were like 11 uh, UFOs or un- unidentified objects that were flying through the sky during the uh, COVID pandemic that actually almost hit government aircraft. Now, again, that could be government aircraft and stuff, but I do just find it really interesting. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. I don't we think. We never know. All right. Well, that's going to do it just for a short, uh, the short part of the uh, segment. That's going to be half and half. So that's something you can expect um, going forward. Uh, two good news stories of the week are uplifting and two semi-weird news stories for you guys. So um, go 
going ahead and getting back into the questions now, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, um, well, most of your work on this album is solo. You do have a couple of collabs with Galactic Vibes and uh, Co-Hustle Co -Hustle Hard. Um, how is it like getting to collab with other local artists around the area? And what do you like and find more challenging about that versus doing your own solo work? So I, I think the pros with collaborating with other local artists is that we're both helping each other shine, I want to say. Because, you know, you can shine on your own all you want, but you need you need to showcase someone else's, someone else's shine at that point, whether you do a song with them or whether you throw a show with them and you perform together. It, it, you got to share the shine, you know what I mean? And I think that's the bonus when you collaborate with other artists is that you're both sharing the limelight and you're both shining together. Um, I would say that would, that's the main pro that I get from collaborating with other artists. I would say the challenge with collaborating with other artists is really like the main challenge that I have is really figuring out what artist is going to work for a certain song. Like, is their style going to work with, this song or is it going to work with a different song mm -hmm. um with galactic vibes for an example on good vibes only his music is very similar his music and his vibe is very similar to what my album sounds like i want to mm -hmm. say uh his music is very positive has a great message very upbeat really fun to listen to and so i was in the car with my girlfriend at one point we were driving i forget where uh probably to like to like target or something. Cause we like to go out and do things, but mm -hmm. um, I put his music on and I was like really listening to his voice. And I was like, I think he's going to work for this song I have that I haven't finished yet. And so I actually hit him up. Him and I um, actually have known each other for a little while and he's put me on a couple shows in Nevada city. And so I got in touch with him. He was down and before he even recorded his verse, he sent me a video of him rapping the verse to see if I was okay with it. I'm like, if you don't record that right now, I'm going to cry. Um, but it ended up working out. And so, I mean, the main challenge I would say is like figuring out whose style is going to complement yours. So... Yeah, and uh, I was gonna, I was because I was gonna ask you is um, for both of those artists that you have on your uh, on your album, how long have you known them for, and how did the process go in terms of uh, getting to collab with them uh, in, in the first place? Like, how long have you known these guys for? Have you worked on other stuff with them in the past? I like this question. So, um, Galactic Vibes, as I said, yeah, him and I know each other personally. We've known each other. Oh, I I would say a few years now. Um, him and I have met at a bar show at one point that a buddy of mine threw on and I saw him and a buddy of his perform on stage. And after they got off, I went over, introduced myself, let him know like, Hey, I'm performing at this show too. Would be cool if you could check me out and stuff like that. And, uh, him and I just like vibed honestly. And, uh, ever since then, him and I have been real tight, um, with cool hustle hard. Um, him and I work closely together with a nonprofit that I'm a part of that we're both a part of actually. And we've awesome. both, we've both kind of become mentors and teachers within that program. And, but he, with him, he's been in the game for like 20 years. And so I look up to him musically for advice and figuring out like what I could do more or what I need to stop doing when it comes to music. And 
uh, him and I have been best friends for like probably a few years now, maybe I want to say. And then, um, him and I, uh, the song we have together, do you was actually the first song him and I have ever done together. Um, but we have worked on other things in the past. We actually put out a song called hope, which we put as H O P E and the, um, it's kind of like an acrostic poem, hold on pain ends kind of thing. Mm. And so we put that out to touch on, you know, suicide awareness. And so we put that together and, um, yeah, no, him and I, when we get together, we're always vibing musically or whether if we're just out hanging out, like that's, that's my brother from another mother, I tell you. So, and, uh, same with galactic vibes, man. He's a, he's a great dude. Before um, I, I get into the next question, I wanted to let everybody know um, I did in the comments put um, a link to um, Joseph's uh, Spotify account um, so you can listen to some of his music. I put two links. The first one was an accident. That is not the correct one. The second one that's in there is the correct link. So make sure you check out that link. That is the correct one. Apparently, there's there's two DJJs, and I accidentally put the wrong one. So the second one is the correct one. Somebody trying to steal your vibe. Man, <laughs> I, need a, I need to trademark my stuff. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to ask you, are, are, are the Galactic Vibes and Ku Hustle Heart, are they both in the Auburn area as well with you? So Galactic Vibes is actually, uh, he was based in Nevada City, but when I hit him up to be a part of the song, he had actually relocated all the way up to Mount Shasta. Oh, wow. And, okay. and so I was like, oh, okay. So is there, is do, do, you, do you need me to like pay you any money or anything? And he just asked for money for gas so he could get down to the studio and i was like all right bet i could do that mm -hmm. and so yeah no i made it work and he went in there laid the verse killed it and uh got it back to me i i want to say within two weeks at least and then with ku hustle hard he does live in the auburn area and um you know him and i always try to get together whenever we have a chance whenever work schedules aren't colliding or mm -hmm. whenever we both have free time and so um yeah him and i are gonna be uh hanging out soon and working on new stuff as well i'm i'm not sure if that means a project together like a full five six song project or if we're doing another song i don't know we'll see uh now earlier you mentioned that you were recording or you were producing a lot of this uh music during the worst part of the pandemic um now was this like early on like april of last year or was this like uh later on in the year in like november-ish time frame like what what kind of what was like the time frame for you uh, I, I would say april is a fair um a fair guess um around but yeah march april around there um it, i i i noticed that a lot of people went through their own dark struggles during the mm -hmm. pandemic myself included um uh, you'd be a fool to say if you didn't you know um but i wanted to make something that was going to help pull people out of that darkness that they were in during the pandemic or that they could still be going through right now. So, I mean, I felt like good vibes only was the only way to do that. Uh, you mentioned that you've uh, played some shows with them before. And I know last time that we were hanging out, you were telling me some of the places you've played, but if you want to um, let everybody in the audience, so like, what are some places that you like some clubs you've played at, um, whether that be around the area or a little bit out of the area? Um, like what are some of the places that you have actually been able to uh, perform your music at live? Oh man, the list is huge. I'll just like name a few. Um, I've gotten to perform at the Nevada County fair up in Nevada City, I've performed in a couple of um, Thursday night markets at in Grass Valley. Um, I've gotten to do shows 
in Soul Collective at Sacramento, um, which is a great venue. I love that place. I love the people that run it. Really great organization. I love what they do. Um, and then uh, where else, man? I performed at the Gold Country Fair up in Auburn. So um, that was really huge. I've actually performed at the Roseville Galleria Mall before a couple times. Um, man, where else? I performed all over Auburn. I can't even tell you like how many places in Auburn I performed in because like I performed all up and down Auburn. I want to say you, you told me you performed at a couple places in the Bay Area last time you hanged out or hung out or something. Like yes. That. Yeah. Um, my uh, so the first EP I ever put out that I self produced. Um, one of the songs on that EP got um selected to be on a compilation album. Um, for each mind matters. And so I got a, I got, there was a conference in the Bay area that the artists that were on the album got invited to. And we actually got to talk to like professional musical music industry people that were there. And so we got invited to come down there and be a part of that and hang out and, and experience the event. And it was a great time. I got to get up there and perform as well. So that was really cool. Um, I've also performed, oh, this was in 2013. I can remember it clear as day. I performed at the Vans Warp Tour, believe it or not. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, when it, when it came to San Francisco. So I got confirmed to perform there. I wish oh, that man. was still around. Unfortunately, I think they just had their last one like in 2019, I think. Yeah, unfortunately yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I miss it. It was such a great time. The vibe there was awesome. Like, I, I can't even describe it. It was such a great show. That's awesome. Um, when do you feel, uh, was the one moment or the one time that you truly felt like you made a breakthrough with your music? Honestly, the moment when people were starting to say that my music saved their life. Um, at first, you know, when I was doing music, it was therapy for me. Like I wanted to get through my own mental struggles that I was going through. I wanted to overcome my uh, personal struggles with depression and anxiety and music was a way for me to, to get through that. And then um, slowly but surely more people were coming to me and telling me that my music was helping them through their own dark times and their own struggles with what they were going through. And some have even admitted that it saved their life. It stopped them from ending, wanting to end it all. And I feel like that was the moment where my music was starting to make a breakthrough, honestly. Wow, that's really heavy, and that, I mean that's great though to to know that you were able to have that kind of impact. Um, I had another question. Oh, wait, what's that sound? Oh shoot, it's time for the fireball, everybody. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, so what the fireball is, everybody? This segment of the show is going to be where I will be asking my guests and essentially quizzing them, asking them fast, uh, fast-paced questions, and they will have to try to get five of them right in ninety uh, seconds. <laughs> and I hate that. It is all based on uh, the subject matter they are in. So I have got, um, I've got eight questions here, uh, Joseph. If you can answer five of them right in ninety seconds, you will be in the Fireball Hall of Fame. So oh let's my see god! If we can do this. No all pressure. Right, go ahead and put the timer on here. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. Ready. Three, two, one. Go. In what year was Eminem's first album, the Slim Shady LP, released? 
Oh God! Two in the two thousand two, two thousand five. I don't know. Nineteen ninety nine. What what twenty seventeen drama film named after a song was made about Tupac? All eyes on me. There we go. Perfect. That's one yes. down. Which rapper has been featured in Hennessy ad celebrating Black excellence? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That I I don't got this one. Nice. Pass on this one. Okay. What is DMX's most streamed song on Spotify? Oh, uh, X gonna give it to you. There you go. Perfect. Awesome. Who is the richest hip hop artist today? Oh, it has to be Jay Z. It's Jay Z. Perfect. Good job. When did Lupe Fiasco start his rap career? Uh, the nineties. Two thousand. Dang it. <laughs> what is Drake's highest selling album? Oh no. Is it views? What's the newest one? Like the, the one, not the newest one, but like the one of the most recent ones. Ooh, I don't know. I don't follow Drake's music. It's something that stings. I'll give you a hint. It's something that stings. What? I have, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just divorced. What year did Kanye West marry Kim Kardashian? What year? Oh God. Time's uh, up. All right. Sorry. Uh, Answer was 2014. All right. That was the first fireball <laughs> down, everyone. Expect Yikes. every week on the podcast. Uh, we are going to be having quizzes every single time. I, I, you know, I, it was hard because when I was trying to think about like what I wanted to do for it, I was like, I wonder how many questions will work out in 90 seconds. I was thinking eight should be okay. It worked out perfect. <laughs> it did. It did. Honestly. <laughs> that was fun. See, I told you, this is the one thing I wasn't going to tell you about when you came on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs> All right. We will try again next Tuesday. So I will let you guys know towards the end of the podcast. We are going to have another podcast on Tuesday. I'll let you know who that will be with and uh, what to uh, kind of look for on that one. Um, uh, but obviously, before I get to anything with uh, describing that, I have a few more questions for my good friend Joseph here. And um, these ones now are related to uh, mental health because I know that you talked about that a lot already. Um, one of the things that you mentioned to me last time that we spoke was that you are a part of a suicide prevention nonprofit um, or group. What is it that you guys do and how long have you been with them? Uh, I've been with them for about three to four years, I want to say. Um we're called the out of the darkness committee. And so what we are doing is we, we meet up um, and our ultimate goal is to put on a suicide prevention walk. Um, and so that, I mean, this was already happening before I had even joined the group. They have already put on a walk prior to me even being a part of it. And I got invited to be a part of it because they already knew my music touched on that subject. So they're like, why don't we have you come on? And I was like, I I was honored to even be considered. So I joined the group. We meet at least once a month to talk about what we need to do and what things we need to make happen for the walk to be successful. And um, yeah, we, we uh, we're kind of like a tight knit family. Honestly, we've really grown to be really close to each other. And I think it's just through this work that we've been doing when it comes to suicide prevention and suicide awareness, even. Um, and yeah, I've been involved with these guys for at least three to four years. And um, yeah, our ultimate goal is just to put on the a great suicide prevention walk and to raise awareness. What would you guys say that um, your your membership roughly, like where do you guys say your membership is at roughly right, right now? Mm, 
Not sure, to be honest. Um, we've had a few meetings. We've planned a few things. Uh, but there's still some things we need to plan out. Um, we do have a date for the walk. I believe it's on October 10th. And uh, we're just trying to get some like minor details figured out as far as like promotion and stuff like that. Are you are you guys uh, planning on raising money for or do, when you guys do that for like any like um, uh, suicide prevention hotlines, uh, programs, anything like that when you guys have these walks and stuff? We do. Um, so you're able to create your own profile on uh, the website for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And you can choose to become a part of that to register to be a part of that walk. You can choose to register to be on that walk and you can set a donation goal. And so you can either choose whatever you feel comfortable, you know, like whatever you want your goal to be 50, 100 X amount of how much mm. you want to raise. And we have rewards set for those that raise. I think it's, if you raise a hundred dollars, you get a free t-shirt and then, Obviously, with the more that you raise, you get more rewards over over the course of your of your goal. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, and I think uh, you were telling me you guys had like some sort of hike or something up uh, kind of towards Truckee or something recently or something like that. Yes. So that was actually a a group outside of us that threw that, and we decided oh, okay. to we decided to go up there and be a part of it and experience it and show our support you know and so we actually that was actually my first time going up towards the donner lake area near <laughs> Truckee tahoe and so um we got to go up there and experience that and it was a, it was a great time i i would totally go again um i would definitely better prepare myself because it was a <laughs> lot longer than i expected and uh yeah it was it was just a really great experience it's a beautiful area up there too. And, uh, oh, yeah. I got to, uh, I, I had a day trip with, uh, some family and we did a drive from Roseville up to Donner Lake and Truckee and back. And that was obviously when it was really snowy and stuff. And mm -hmm. regardless what time of the year, if you're going in summertime to spend some time on the lake or if you're going, you know, up in the snow, um, I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful either way. It's a really nice place. Um, I, how have you lived in, uh, California your whole life or have you uh, moved from anywhere by any chance? So originally I was born in South Miami beach, Florida, and then we moved to where did we move to? We moved to, I believe it was either Georgetown or garden Valley, uh, when I was like months old. So I don't even remember Florida. If I'm being honest with you, like, I know, I know I hear people talking about the humidity and stuff like that. I never got, I don't remember experiencing it at all. So, mm -hmm. um, kind of got lucky there on that point, but um and then from the georgetown garden valley area i grew up there for a few years and then we came up to auburn and been in auburn ever since and yeah what um what do you what do you, and from where you've traveled what do you think is like the most beautiful part of california what do you like the most oh man oh man that's that's tricky i love the like i would have to say the capitola santa cruz area um, there's just something about that area that just holds a special place in my heart mm -hmm. and it just going to, to that area to just unwind and escape for a bit is like, I recommend it to anyone. Like it's a great area to go to just unwind. Yeah. 
Santa Cruz is a very beautiful place. It, it, ironically, mine is uh, my favorite place in California is actually right around that area. It's Monterey because oh yeah, a because I'm a golf fan. Obviously, I have some beautiful golf courses out there, but B too, like the beaches are just so beautiful. Um, you know, whether it's Monterey, whether it's Carmel, um, all, all that area is beautiful. I mean, same with Santa Cruz and Capitola, like you said. It's uh, you really can't go wrong there with the uh, scenery. It's it's really nice out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, getting into a couple other questions uh, related to the mental health aspect. Um, COVID has been a rough time for people who struggle with things like uh, depression and anxiety. Well, it seems like the worst of the pandemic is behind us. What would be your message to anyone who is still struggling? Better days are ahead, man. Better days are ahead. It may not seem like it right now, but better days are ahead. You know, things are going to get a bit lighter on you. They're, it's going to get easier. Um, just, you know, just do things that make you happy. Learn to love yourself again. Um, I think ultimately that's what I had to do during the pandemic. Cause mm -hmm. I, I went through a really dark time. Like it was, it was rough and it took my girlfriend to snap me out of it and realize like, Hey, at least you got this, at least you got that. And so, uh, I really owe it to her. I owe it to the music I was making at the time which was this album. And uh, yeah, I mean, just realize all the good that you still have and better days are ahead of you. Um, you know, obviously it was, uh, it was preached everywhere, whether it be media, um, anywhere between your you know, family, friends, uh, you know, to, um, you know, have a good well-being in terms of staying healthy and, you know, staying home and stuff like that, being away from others because of, you know, the pandemic and how uh, the virus spread. But do you think that, um, at least in some circles, we may have done a disservice to some people in terms of not spreading that message to people's mental health and what we could have done for them by any chance. Honestly, I, I think so. I think, um, more attention needed to be geared towards those people that struggled with it through their mental health. But instead we were more focused on like, I don't know. Uh, we were more focused on like, the guidelines we were yeah. more focused on the cases we were more focused on this and that but we weren't touching on the mental health aspect of it we weren't focusing on the real serious down-to-earth issues that we needed to talk about at that time mm -hmm. and so um i feel like we did do a disservice by not talking about it and bringing it to the forefront of what the media should have been talking about i mean obviously the cases and stuff were important right. but not not as important as anyone's mental health or whatever they're struggling with at that time. Uh, one thing that uh, I, I wanted to ask you about because uh, it, you know, it's a beautiful area up there and it's, it's really cool um, viewpoints is uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Forest Hill bridge. I'm sure you're familiar with it since you live probably around the area up there. Um, and I want to say in the last decade, they have had to make some renovations to it or have had to make certain, uh, things build it up on it because of the amount of uh, suicides or suicide attempts that there have been on that bridge. It's actually one of the, um, I was doing some research and it's one of the um, most, one of the bridges where the most suicide attempts actually occur in the United States. Um, and if you walk across that bridge now, um, and this is for anybody, if you walk across that bridge now, there are notes plastered everywhere on that bridge uh, talking about, you know, you know, you know, help, you know, find, you can find help. You can get, you know, help. Um, you don't need to do this, all that stuff. And I mean, it just really, you know, encouraging words because people know the history of that bridge since the 1960s. Um, I, I, I guess my question on this front is, um, 
do have do you know of people who um, have been in a rough place who have you know live around the area who have tried to attempt anything around there? Do you do you know of anybody who has tried to make any renovations or has put any notes on that bridge? Just because I know that that bridge is really infamous around the area when it comes to you know trying to help people away from their demons and also a lot of people who you know tried to bring everything to an end. Here's what's going to blow your mind. I was a part of that whole project. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was a part of that whole project. Me and um, the tattoo shop that actually got it started uh, got me involved. And we What's would the name go. Of the tattoo shop, if you don't mind. The name of the tattoo shop is Crimson Tattoo Company. It's owned by Brittany and John Hendricks. Uh, they're great people. I love them to death. And the fact that they wanted to start something like this was absolutely amazing. I loved it and I wanted to be a part of it. And they were like, yeah, come on by. And so we would have like days where we would go in, we would write the notes, laminate them and get the zip ties and then go to the bridge, go put them up. And I mean, I guess to answer your question, some of the notes that I put up personally uh, of my own, I put my phone number down for some reason. I put my phone number down. I don't know why, but I did. And so when I put the notes up, I was like, I don't know why I put my phone number down. Ain't nobody going to call me or I might get some, I might get some prank calls here and there. I don't know. And then, you know, some time goes by and then I would get a phone call from somebody that was on the bridge that wasn't there to look at the notes that wasn't there to look at the beautiful side of the river. They were there because they wanted a way out. They saw my note. They saw my phone number. They called me and told me they read my note saw my phone number and told me thank you because they didn't know what they were going to do. And I was just, I, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know what to say. All I could say was, you're welcome. I'm glad I could help you. Please reach out again if you are ever feeling the way you are feeling right now at this moment. And I don't like, that whole project was super powerful and it was such a great moment. Um, and I guess another answer that I have is, yeah, one of my closest friends, uh, he goes by AJ. Um, and I'm sure he's fine with me talking about this because this was a long time ago. He actually, um, he lost his mom at one point and he didn't know how to cope with it. And he felt like, you know, maybe ending ending it all was the way to go see his mom again. And I was, and, and he, he, he didn't, he went to the bridge, but he didn't think he was going to jump. Mm -hmm. And then the, then there was an officer, ironically, I don't know how, but there was an officer right there asking him if he's okay. And he was just flabbergasted at the point because he didn't know if he was going to jump or not. But the officer being there kind of like helped him make the decision like, I need to get away from here. And so he ended up calling me after that whole situation and explained everything to me. And then him and I met up like shortly after that and talked about the whole deal and just let him know like, hey, you don't need to do this to be with your mom. Your mom's already with you right now you know, that kind of thing. And so I, it's, it was just, you know, he needed somebody to be there for him and I was happy to be that person. And he had other people that he 
ended up calling as well that helped him as well so i'm really glad that he chose to reach out because not everybody chooses to reach out the first thing they do you know mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean the forest hill bridge i love it it's beautiful you get a great side of what you get to see out there mm -hmm. but it's also like you can feel the darkness yeah. if you you know what i mean so it's a very ghostly feeling for sure yeah very very it's a heavy heavy feeling yeah um yeah, that's 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 some crazy stuff. And the thing is, I um, you know, because I, I I have some you know friends or uh, acquaintances or people that I've known over years and stuff like that who have gone through their own struggles. And you know, it, it's it's you know obviously tough for me to kind of you know understand what they're going through because I haven't gone through that. But right. at the same time, when I talk to more and more people, I can at least get some sort of understanding of how that occurs or where that comes from. And it may be you know through a, a certain variable of different things, but um it's really cool that you guys have did that project. And I, 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 you know, obviously you've mentioned, you know, how it's made an impact and I'm sure it's made an impact on many other people's lives too. Um, how many people that you know of outside of yourself and then the people at the tattoo parlor were a part of that project and how long did it take you guys to get, to get all that done? Oh dude, we would spend hours upon hours, just like writing notes and then hours upon hours, just getting them up on the bridge. It was tricky too, because, um, you know, while a lot of people love the project, there were a lot of people that uh, didn't like it at all. They would go over to the bridge, they would rip the notes off, and they there would be almost like slim to no notes at all. Um, and this is where the controversy started coming in because people were like, now this is considered littering. And now this is becoming a problem. So why keep posting up the notes if you're just going to keep posting, if it's just going to end up being trash on the ground? you know and so um we we kind of battled with that for a little while and um well, yeah, i mean you're it, not intending for it to be trash on the ground you're not the ones that right yeah. right 100 mm -hmm. and that's you know we're just in make trying to give the intention that we're trying to help people you know and mm -hmm. uh some people just have the opposite view you know so people are saying it's hurting the bridge and we're littering but we know what our intentions are. We know what we're trying to do at the end of the day. And that's all that matters. But we had a pretty, we had a really great group to answer your question. Um, I, I lost count of how many people were involved. We, we got a lot of people in the community involved and obviously we got news coverage um, for the project and it was everywhere online. So, I mean, it gained some traction for sure. How long ago would you say that this was all done? Because I, I last time I walked across the bridge and I noticed it, uh, I mean, I noticed it, last year and then i think i noticed it a little bit before that too because i've been out there twice in the last couple of years when was this all completed or right around would you say oh man i want to say it was either around who it was either 2017 or 18 one of those gotcha. two yeah uh i want to say around there Getting back into a couple more questions when it comes to um, your your music, um, and I know that this is you know something you know that's a tough question because some people might say, "Oh, I like a lot of my songs and stuff like that." But do you have like a personal like at least couple like favorite songs that you have produced or that you've done in your career? Like, what would you say are some of the favorites that you've made? Man, some of the ones I mean, some of the ones that stand out like. Uh... I want to say my song Alpha is a song. I, I that, like that one. Yeah, that's that's up yeah. There. Yeah, mm -hmm. that 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 song is up there, man. Like I will never be able to create another song like that. That mm -hmm. song is a one of a kind, and a lot of people really enjoy that song as well. It's funny because how that song made the album because it was a single uh, mm -hmm. prior to the album. I did an Instagram poll because I was like, 
this this album is great, but it needs something. It needs like it needs something on it. Yeah. And I didn't know what. And so I just did an Instagram poll. I was like, do I put Alpha on the new album? And I said yes or no. Everybody but one person said yes. And I was like, all right, Alpha's on the album. You're like, man of the people. <laughs> I'm the man of the people, man. I got to give them what they want. So I would say Alpha is a, is definitely a, a, at the top for sure. Um, let's see. I have a song. I have a few songs that I really enjoy. Um, I have a song called The Happy Song. That's really fun to listen to. And that's honestly my favorite song to perform just because of how upbeat and catchy and, and just energetic it is mm-hmm. i love that one um let's see i would say uh as far as like off the album i would say feel the groove is really uh, a fun one to listen to and i've really enjoyed creating that one um i love good vibes only that song touches my heart every time i hear it i love my song smile um that song is great um i think the last song I would say that really I really hold close to my heart is a song that I wrote called Now You're Gone that I wrote about my uncle um, who passed in 2014. And so um, that song was just a way to help me get through it, help me cope. And uh, that song will always have a special place in my heart, honestly. Oh, she will get mad at me if I don't say this. My girlfriend actually helped inspired this song called dance alone um that song is just real fun it's a catchy love song it's really fun to perform as well so uh dance alone is a really good one as well that's awesome um i was gonna, I was gonna ask you something else related to your rap career and i completely forgot what it was like right off the top of my head because you mentioned something uh it'll come back <laughs> yeah it, it'll come it'll come back to me um you know, uh, one, one thing I wanted to ask you too is obviously, um, you've been you're now with Top Golf. We both work at Top Golf now, and I know you've been there for the last few months. How are you liking it so far, dude? I'm loving it, honestly. Um, I know some people um, really have some things to say about it, but honestly, I've been loving it. Um, I love the job that I'm doing. I love the people that I work with. You included in that group, um, <laughs> and. Uh, no, I, I've been really enjoying my time, and I think I'm actually starting to understand where I want to be as far as where I want to go in Top Golf. So, I'm I'm gonna make it work. That's awesome. Cool. Good to know. I actually remember what I was gonna ask you. So, outside of music, um, what are some things that you kind of like to do in your free time to whether it be cope with issues that you may be having, or just like certain hobbies that you like to do outside of music, outside of work and stuff? What are some things that you kind of like and enjoy doing, just like in your free time? On my free time, man. Um, I mean, I, I love hanging out with um, I love hanging out with my friends whenever we can get free time. I love going out and just either whether if it's going to Top Golf or doing something else. Mm-hmm. I love going out and hanging out and just having a good time. Um, I love going to do things with my girlfriend. We're always trying to think of new things to do, or we go and do the same things that we have done, and we just love getting out and enjoying each other. Um, I've really grown to love, um, video games and streaming on Twitch, uh, which I haven't been able to do for a while because my internet situation is very terrible at the moment. 
Um, but we'll see what happens. Personally, it's made its way through this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what are some like your favorites? What games do you like, like playing and stuff? Oh man, I really enjoy playing. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard of it, Phasmophobia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy being a ghost hunter. I don't know what it is about it. I just really enjoy it. Uh, it's just a lot of fun, and I love getting the crap scared out of me. So it, it's a fun game. I love it. it it's funny you mentioned that because I, I, I did. Uh, we, we, we didn't, you know, hear anything or notice anything, but me and my friends, we went out to, um, this one road that's an antelope. I forget the exact name of it, but it's like a notoriously like haunted road. And we went out there like at nighttime and walked a little bit down it and stuff. And I have like, um, I, I haven't even used it that much since then. I've used it for a couple like videos I've done some trips, but I have like a night vision camera. So like, yeah, yeah. I can actually like see what looks like a night vision and stuff. And we like, you, you ever, you know, like when you're trying to walk on stuff and you like feel like you're hearing something, but you don't hear a damn thing. <laughs> that was yeah. basically all we did, heard the entire time. But I mean, it was fun and stuff like that. And actually I think I heard that, um, not that I advocate anybody for doing this because I think this is private property now and I don't think you can. Um, but there is an old abandoned mental hospital, I think, in Grass Valley that I've heard some things about that this is notoriously haunted, I guess, as well. So um, if, if anybody out there, I'm, I'm not promoting it. If you want to do your own research, go out there and do it. I'm not promoting it. But um, there are definitely some places I know that uh, have some haunting stuff. I think in Nevada City, there's an old hotel too. There's a few places around here. I've heard some stuff yeah. about it for sure. No, yeah, definitely, d- definitely, if you go to somewhere that's abandoned, definitely check to see if it's private property. You yeah. may need so- you may need some permits. I, exactly, I think. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, hey man, thank you so much for being on. I greatly appreciate you being my first guest. It's been, you know, it's been a great pleasure having you on, being able to ask you all this stuff. You'd be able to talk about your career. I guess before, um, before you get going, I, I, is there anything else that you would like to add about your music, um, your career, anything else, what your plans are going from here for your career, any of that kind of stuff. I think my plans going from here on are just to continue doing what I'm doing, you know, spreading good vibes as much as I possibly can. Um, continue putting out music with a positive message. I don't know. My next album, I may do a 180 and talk some trash. Cause <laughs> I feel, I feel like I'm at that point where I just want to talk trash to everybody, but, um, we'll see, we'll see where the road takes me. Um, I do want to get on stages again. So, I mean, if anybody has any connects or anything like that, feel free to reach out um, and let me know. I do have a show coming up in September on the 12th. I'll be performing at the Gold Country Fair up in Auburn and making my return to the stage. Um, I will be performing a two-hour set from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So, I I, I definitely got my hands full and I'm all (laughs) ready for it. but yeah, as far as what else I got going on, I'm just, I got some miscellaneous things in the works, but nothing set in stone just yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Concerts are back. Thank God. I actually go listen to some concerts in person again. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for being on Joseph. It's been a great, uh, great treat. Um, again, anybody who wants to listen to his music, second link that I posted in the comments for his Spotify, feel free to listen to him there. Uh, Joseph, what are some other ways that people can listen to you too? Uh, my music is everywhere, man. Like you said, it's on Spotify, but it's also on iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon MP3, SoundCloud, YouTube. Um, it, it's everywhere. You you can find the main one I like to promote is uh, Bandcamp. So if you go to Bandcamp and search DJJ Music, and if you end up buying the music on there, I get most of the percentage from the per- from what you pr- from your purchase. 
So, because I mean, I'm sure it's trash. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, stre- streams don't cut it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's where you D.J.J. 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 for everyone who is interested out there. So, yeah, right there, you can see it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on, sir. Um, for everyone else who is still on here, um, that's going to do it for this podcast. Um, so you guys have some information for the next one. This will be the only one that I plan on having on the A2 Jack YouTube channel. Um, there is a YouTube channel that I um, will actually link before I get going here. Um, that is the Epicenter with Aaron Jackson. Every other one will be posted on there, uh, live streamed. Uh, I plan on posting this one on there as well. Um, by Tuesday, which is when I plan on having my next podcast. I plan on having this actually on Spotify as well. I'm working on getting that going. So I will post a link to my Spotify on all my social medias and I will post it um, when I have my Tuesday podcast. Um, Tuesday's podcast, what you guys can look out for, Abby Feingold, who is a professional woman's goalkeeper who plays in Israel and Japan. She is also semi-professional and plays for the Cal Storm around the area here. We're talking a lot about her career, um, what she's been able to accomplish from college at Portland State all the way to the pros. Some of the experiences she's had overseas, all of that kind of stuff, and a whole lot more next time on the Epicenter. I'm going to go ahead and post this link, and then I'm going to get going. Thank you so much, Joseph, for coming on, and thank you, everyone, who has tuned in. Thank you all very much. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. All right. I'm going to stay live while I post this uh, when I – my link to my other YouTube channel, and then I'm going to get going so that you guys all have the link. All right. The Epicenter. Perfect. Bada bing, bada boom. All right, let's sign out of here. And then we'll sign in and I'll be able to send this out. Boom. All right, it's right here with 14 subs. We'll go to channel and we'll go to share. That's not a bad start. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Okay, everyone, now you can see it. That link right there um, uh, is going to be where you guys will want to go, where I will be posting this one after this is over and then all the others. So that is going to be it for the show. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Peace out.